So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Uncanny X-Force again. My name is Jeff, and because of my affinity for sauced up chicken, people call me the Wing King. They actually don't, but it would be very cool if they did. Wait, let me try this over. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Calling Me the Wing King. What? I, okay my name is jimmy and it's very expensive to be a retro game collector right now my name is dan <laughs> my voice didn't work my name is dan and i recently strained both of my hamstrings while testing an effect pedal of course you did wow both of them dude i woke up the next day and could barely walk before <laughs> you said effect pedal i was like you strained your hams <laughs> In the Why did you thing? have two hams? <laughs> Who has two hams? I got out of bed and was like, oh, my thighs. <laughs> that's you're not in good shape if you're like, that's just a pedal. I mean, yeah, driving a car. I was having problems with it. So I was down on my haunches for like an hour. Haunches. Well, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I moved in 2016 and I sold off a large part of my old video games, like systems games yeah, that I didn't want. I got about 350 bucks for something I thought wasn't worth a lot of money. Right. I remember that. I moved in 2020. I sold off the remaining amount. Even ones, ones that I was like, I'm definitely going to play these again. <laughs> and then I didn't. But some of it's like my childhood game. So I hung on to them. I was like, right. whatever. I got to get rid of them. I made about $400. Yeah. So that tells me that retro video games cost more than I made. So yes. yeah, it must, it must suck to have a hobby like that. It does. Like there's... If you want to get a Pokemon game nowadays, it's over $100. That's stupid because it's there crazy. are a lot of them. I know. Uh, like the DS ones, like um, when they remade Silver and Gold, it's like $130 just for when the When I say a lot, cart. I mean there's a lot of units right. in the yeah, world yeah, because yeah. it's so What happened popular. to them? Did they like, were kids like destructive with them? them or something? No. Buried in cement? No, they're not. They're pretty common. Like, I don't know. It just so people the, are... the supply is not in demand. Yeah. But the demand is high. <laughs> yeah. To the moon. I mean, it's with like Pokemon cards now, too. Pokemon cards are crazy. So I, don't, stupid. I don't do like, that. Nice. I, got a, I got a box of Lucky Charms and it came with three Pokemon cards in it. Do you know yeah. how good it felt to take something physical out of a box of cereal that wasn't cereal or metal? <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. Um, but yeah, it, it's expensive. I haven't really been doing a whole lot of buying. Oh, like occasionally I'll go to a store or whatever, but I just bought a um, a guide for Paper Mario, so that was pretty fun. Wow! Yeah. And Jeff, uh, you yeah. confused us all with trying to change up the format of the podcast. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying it to was make a, a joke. joke. It was a little joke. I realized that I eat chicken wings a lot. I love chicken wings. Uh, because when I move, there's really no good takeout, and mm. there's a lot of times when I don't want to make dinner because you know working and having a baby. It's like two five jobs. Uh, so we get take out an Uber Eats <laughs> and we loser. we get a lot of like deals and like half he blames off. it on the baby. This dude was like the king of Uber Eats and eating at gas stations yeah, for like yeah, ten yeah. years. 
but I do love cooking. I yeah. started cooking more, but it's just it's such a pain in the dick to cook. It's now. a real conundrum. It I really got, is. I almost got wings yesterday, but I actually I ordered food from Guy Fieri's uh, Flavor Town <laughs> Kitchen yesterday. <laughs> what that the hell is that? Gross. It, it's it's only it's like an uh, delivery only like Guy Fieri owned like restaurant thing. Is it nearby? There, it was at work. It was close oh, to work. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. Did did it? Was it served on a flip flop? <laughs> it would have been that. awesome. I like the branding and flip stuff. Flop. Yeah, the branding and stuff is awesome too. Jimmy, like, when he asked where it was, you were supposed to say Flavor Town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You goofed. Or you could have uh, been like, see this line right here. This is Bounds, and the that's food was out of it. Out of Bounds. <laughs> this is Bounds. That's out of it. <laughs> we're all doing it. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a review or a tweet or an email from a male or a female or an NB? We just got. Fail. Well, I guess it was a couple of days ago. We got a Jeff, tweet. you left out two souls. Yes. Uh, we got a tweet from uh, Matei Tony at Matei Tony. Uh, he was talking about our Dropkick Murphys episode. He said, nice talk. Strong opinions on bagels and bagpipes. I really want to change the name of the podcast to Bagels and Bagpipes. How did we miss this? Because this was you retweeted it. I did. Yeah, that's no how I found it. Of that. Maybe Jeff did. I don't know. I didn't. Um, but I saw it and I was like, "That is the best review of our podcast, like hands down." It was probably one of the best things I've ever seen. Great job. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Strong opinions on bagels and bagpipes. I had a bagel this morning. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. I had a banana. Perfect. I want a bagel. Let's get a bagel. Mm, bagpipes. It's the time for the boys to talk ourselves into. He's changing the format without telling us <laughs> for a joke. You guys like that parody? It wasn't bad. I don't even know what the name of that song is, but I don't I even know. Age of Aquarius? No, I think it's the it's the time of the season. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. That's the thing. That's a that's yeah. the thing that it was. Okay, so we're gonna talk ourselves into things that we've been enjoying or trying to get into this past week. Yeah. Uh mine may be a little reductive because I'm sure you guys are already into this and I'm way behind the times. Um, Probably, likely, yes. I've been talking myself into Maddie Matheson's YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, year, we talked like, about this all a couple the time. I thought you were already into point. it. Nope. I've watched like a video here or there. I'm a big fan you of Maddie You got Matheson. me into Maddie Matheson. I know, but, yeah. but at the time, I was not a YouTube guy. I hadn't like really delved deeply into like following, you know, regular right. YouTube series. Or yeah, channels. It's, his channel's like supper time, but f***ing crazier. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a dash is what I'm making my way through now. It's really funny. Yeah, they're they're all good. I did like. You, did you see the one where he had like the the meat face? Yes, when he was <laughs> pounding out chicken fried steak and he pounded it too thin and yeah, wore like a mask. That was really good. A lot of it's good. Um, he is one person who works really well without the constraints of television. Oh yeah, for his sure. show can be five minutes long or forty five minutes long. Right. Um, I love that they just leave stuff in there that's so weird and all like. His actual cooking could be like five minutes, and then there could be like eight minutes of him sitting on a box in the middle of the kitchen because <laughs> he's hot. Yeah, and he's tired, and just like it's really like, Michelle. Good. Michelle, clean this up. And she's like, "I'm a food stylist." Or like oil pops, and he screams. Yeah, that was great. He's. I love that he's afraid of like fat. Like he calls it hot fat because I'm afraid of frying things too. Yeah, it's so good. I it's, mean, it's really yeah, it's good. I'm really excited to watch his other show that's tied into his second cookbook because I don't own that cookbook. And if the show's good, I will buy it because I like his first cookbook. <laughs> yeah. 
Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into? I've been talking myself into a musical artist who is a friend of mine. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, her name is Rosemary Minkler. I hope you got paid for this promotion. I didn't because the music Mrs. is Mrs. Minkler. Yeah, she's a she's a friend of mine. I went to school with her. I think we worked together a couple times. And uh, you does, think you don't remember? Yes. Well, we worked for this. We worked important. for the same department. Um, but I think we worked together like at a football game or the something. Department a of times. singing. Ah, oh, yes, football. No, it wasn't singing. Uh, but yeah, she does this music. It's kind of like jazzy R and B kind of stuff. And uh, she's a really good uh, keyboard player. And uh, she's a good singer. And I like the sayings. I like the beats. I knew you were going there. I, like I was the about tunes. to do it. Uh, yeah, it's she's really good. And uh, she has a new EP coming out, I think, uh, pretty soon. And uh, I'm going to link it in the description so you guys can check it mm. out. Because it's it's very good. And we have a platform. And I'd like to promote my friends. Cool beans. Jeff, what are you talking yourself about? Mine is very, very not entertaining and dorky. I talked myself into out of necessity because I have a bad memory an Excel sheet to keep track of open orders. <laughs> this is partly because open orders. Yeah. Order, Amazon pending orders. orders. I see it. It's, it's the worker in me. Open POs. Purchase, yeah. You know, it's just, op- I, I, I feel you. I kind of do the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always like, I don't know if I buy something, I get it. And I'm like, cool, I got this, but mm, my wife buys a lot of stuff and i actually pre-ordered a lot of stuff uh recently because there's been like some shipping delays mm-hmm. so there's some stuff i forgot about i was like oh yeah i bought this thing when is it co-? so i have to like search my emails so i was like uh, i gotta put this all in one place do yeah. you guys want to hear my list so far yes sure okay here we go there's only there's eight items on it so far <laughs> here's item one is taylor swift's evermore vinyl okay 528 ship date because i bought this for my wife's Christmas present. I was going to say, these are in record stores, too. Why aren't they out? To because you? it's like special editions. Oh, yeah. Taylor, Taylor says, like, one day she's with. like, hey, I'm releasing an album. It's for sale. And none of them are physically made. Yeah. Because it's right. like a surprise. Um, And then. Fleet Foxes did that, too. Then my wife, uh, months later, like a month ago, bought an Evermore signed CD, which has a 527 ship date. So <laughs> one day before. Taylor Swift, this bitch, this tricky little girl over here. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Oh, yeah. And the thing that I that prompted me is I was like, I pre-ordered the Wilhelm Scream re-releases. And yeah. like, they're coming in 728 ETA. So now I know. Now I'm not worried. Uh-huh. Did you get the email about the delay? No, there was a delay. I didn't oh, get yeah. the email. <laughs> I so, even just searched a Wilhelm Scream. I forgot that they existed and that I ordered them. Same. That's <laughs> that's why I'm here. Happened to me I got too, an yeah. email that was like, it's only a slight delay. It's like a week. Oh, but I don't I was, care. That's I was funny. like, oh, yeah, I bought those. <laughs> but I didn't get the email. Should I be I worried? Didn't. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, and then the <laughs> Add it to your spreadsheet. Bane VHS, the documentary they released on VHS, uh, 6-2 ship date. Wait, did you actually buy the VHS? Yes. Oh, because they also sell like a VHS clamshell. No, because that has people the were USB like, is stick? this a real VHS? They yeah. were prompted to. And I think I got the white variant, which is limited. Oh, that's oh, cool. First VHS, new I bought in like 20 <laughs> years, guys. Yeah. And then this one, this one was probably going to be a talk me into. This is, Dan's going to make fun of me for this one. Hess Minis, 6, 9 at 10 a.m. with a note to buy two. So like Hess, Hess trucks? Yes. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Six nine at ten a.m. That's when they go on sale. So it's uh, a reminder to myself to buy it. Why are you buying Hess minis? 
because when I was but a boy, every year <laughs> Hess was a gas station. Yeah. They would yeah. release like these special Hess trucks. I we me got and my brother Christmas got them for Christmas every year. Every year. Yeah. And then when I was a little bit older in my 20s, I gave them all to my nephew. And I was like, here you go. Here these heavily played with toys. <laughs> and then I told the story to my wife. And for our first Christmas <laughs> together, she bought me one. And I was like, this is the most romantic thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and then last year they started coming out with plush Hess toys. So for my nephew, I was like, oh. I'll buy you a plush Hess because you're one and it's cute. So this year I got my my daughter and my nephew the second Hess plush that's coming out. And now they're doing mini ones. I'm just going to keep buying them for my daughter and my nephew every year. Okay. It's like a thing, you know? I like that. That's and actually it's pretty cute. cute. Yeah. Jeff out there supporting big oil. There, <laughs> it's not It's not a real thing. It's just like a, it's literally just a toy they're company. They're a toy now. company at this point. Uh, and then I bought the Western Stars movie edition vinyl on eBay. Oh. So 6-1 ETA. We got that. I got two more, guys. Can We're we going to get through this. Boston Scully caps. I'm wearing one right now. See that the yeah. style. Why don't you buy me one of them? I like them, and I can't commit to spending the money. <laughs> well, they ju- actually five twenty five at noon yesterday. The Cape Codder came out for this year. I got two more Cape coming in, shipping them. Yeah, dude. There's. I'll, I'll give you coupons. I'll send you a link, and I'll get five dollars <laughs> off if you want. Cool. Yeah. And then the last one was supposed to be a Mother's Day gift, but it's this artist on Instagram called Lord of the Maps. And he like hand draws maps I know it. and there's prints. So I got a Connecticut and a West Virginia one, That's cool. but they're pre-ordered. So they're not coming in. They take a long yeah, time. So I put down 511 placed just so I know, mm-hmm. I know that it's there and I know it's got, yeah. it's going to be coming in really cool. Being really, old is so cool, dude. Yeah. I didn't even get them framed. They were like 60 bucks. So I'll just frame them myself. Yeah. But yeah, I measured like a little area. And nice. Yeah. That's what I got. There might be more. I don't know. That's, that's why I made this list. I don't keep a spreadsheet, but I do keep a well-organized folder in my emails called pending transactions. Wow. That's because I have an accounting background. See, Jeff's an order guy. Yeah, I'm a buyer. I'm a pending. I buy. I did this once and I tweeted out everything that I had pre-ordered. It was like just vinyls. But like, yeah, it's all of our personality. How many pieces of vinyl do you have? <laughs> I was just telling the guys in the back. I got annoying. Personally, I've had a four. Uncanny X-Force was a comic book that I talked Jimmy into and Dan liked it, but he wasn't sure if he should read more. So now I'm going to make him read more. A lot of singing in this episode. (laughs) I know. I wasn't expecting it. Jeff's always got to one up me. Uncanny X-Force. I'm okay. So here's the deal. We already did an episode. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't really, we don't need to get into why. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry, Jim. We don't really need to get into it. Go listen to our first episode. That one, there was a lot of singing and it was very stupid. Dan had like some sound of music gag. He tried to pull I've it actually off received that compliments episode. on that, by the way. <laughs> I've heard people say it was stupid. It was funny. That's but it. it. I'm going to the texts. Uh-oh. He's, he's, got, he's got proof. <laughs> I got backup. Keep going. Yeah. So Uncanny X-Force was We a, did that back in one episode 117, by the way. We don't number them online. That's just for our reference. I so. do. Okay. Uh, Uncanny X-Force was a comic book written by Rick Remender. Remember, and- remember the Rick Remender. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> so Dante, friend of the pod, he texted me. Oh, he me. doesn't count. 
I, I said that uh, being vaccinated is awesome. The air and smells the best sweeter. Friends over here going to Oregon for stuff. a week. Yeah, best Jeff's friends. so Text. butthurt. Uh, and he texted me a gif of uh, the sound Andrews. of music, Julie Andrews. And I said, did you hear me talking about that on the podcast? And he said, oh, sure, I did. I thought it was a great metaphor. And I said, thanks. <laughs> you and I are the only ones with culture. And he said, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> He's a librarian. It makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, next for us, comic written by Rick Remender and illustrated by several different people. It was about 30 issues. It was just this really well-contained run of a superhero comic that I thought was super vigilantes, Jeff. That I thought was just really fun to read while it was coming out. Like we read the first trade. A lot of stuff happened. There was a lot of cool stuff in it, enough to talk Jimmy into it, enough for Dan to ask for a second episode. And there is so much cool stuff coming in here and just like twists that you won't see in cool characters and I don't remember what's in the second volume because I haven't read it in a while. This is called Jeff Freestyling. <laughs> it is. But the second volume is called Deathlock Nation. So Deathlock joins the team. I don't know anything about Deathlock. You you will. In two weeks when we talk about it, you'll you'll know real well who Deathlock is. Dan. I always and, get him confused with the DC villain Deadshot. He's, uh, derivative. Similarities. Yeah. Derivative. And then I have issues with Deathstroke as well. Yeah. That's yeah, too much. And um. And I know there's more characters coming later. I like. I almost just want to give you two volumes. Should I give you two? No, no. It's only four issues each. (laughs) We'll be halfway done with the entire run by the time. Well, he gives us Batman White Knight, which is eight issues. Sure. Why can't I give you eight issues? No, I'm just gonna give you four because I'm not a dick. (laughs) That's that's all I got. Arguable. (laughs) I mean, so when we come back, we're gonna have read the Deadpool situation or whatever it's called. (laughs) Deadpool situation. (laughs) Deathlock Nation. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be spoiling it. So check it out from this little indie company called Marvel Comics. Say your prayers. It's the Deathlock Nation. <laughs> Any anti flag fans? It's out double there? funny because I've been listening to anti flag more lately. Huh. Um, yeah, that's. that's but why, great. Jeff? Biden is president. The government is great again. <laughs> Make the government. I, I love how Kamala Harris is like, "Don't come to America, Mexicans," and yeah. people are like, "How could she say that?" <laughs> Bro, she's a cop. Anyways, <laughs> on like the X Force, uh, yeah, the first issue. This, I think, this was the point one. Had nothing to Marvel do. Yeah, with, oh, I'm like, what's happening with was? the planet Earth? Because I don't know what was happening in this point one. Yeah, it was a, it was a one shot. I don't know why. It was they... like X Force versus the Reavers. Is that a thing? Oh uh, yeah, Lady Deathstrike, who's a cool yeah. character. It was a, it yeah. was a good issue, but it didn't need to be there. And don't don't let this issue judge Uncanny X Force. It was Marvel doing their stupid point one initiative, that where they so were just dumb. throwing in issues in between like story arcs. So just look at it as it is, you know. So then we get into the main story of Death Lock. <laughs> okay, <Nation. laughs> we're just skipping it. I love it. Well, I mean, there's not a lot to say. No, I thought the not. art was cool. Um, who did art? Is this the same guy who did? Uh, no, it was. Um, I'm blanking one. on the name. I'll look it up while you do that. Well, is it the it, the Lady Deathstrike was a different artist than the rest of the issues? Is I was going to say, yeah, they're yeah. two different artists, uh, but kind of similar, like painterly style. That's kind of what I told you. Like there are different artists throughout the entire series, but they have similar styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess um, plot wise, I don't really recall. I just basically think of it as a big fight 
fight issue? Pretty much. I mean, Lady Deathstrike is cool, and they showed how brutal she can be. Yeah. Which, like, you know. Not- and I know, like, just from, I don't know. <laughs> X2. <laughs> what? Yeah, that. Oh, my God. Like, that's what she's from. I forgot yeah. about that. In comic books and stuff, I know that she has a long history with Logan and the Weapon right. X program, and she's got some, like, reasons to Yeah, so kill issue him. 5.1 was Raphael Albuquerque, and Albuquerque. issues 5 to 7 was Asad Ribic, which I think that it's missing. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, so even this is out of order. So issue 5 of Deathlock Nation came out, yeah. and then Lady Deathstrike. So I'm sure that... So dumb. I'm sure that the... um the graphic novel packaged it this way so it yeah. wasn't just plopped in the middle of a story arc exactly right um but yeah i mean let's get to the main death lock let's get to thing. it uh one of the issues i had with the first uh arc was that it focused a little bit too much for me on phantom x who's a character that i didn't really know a lot about mm. and uh this kind of continues down that path except this tells you who it, he is it flushes out his backstory more i was mm-hmm. gonna say that too because I, I do remember you having that complaint about like i don't know who this person is i definitely felt like you got his motivations from this issue you sort right. of like you get like what his personality was which i didn't really get in the first mm-hmm. arc i agree uh i still feel like and i'll get to this at my final thoughts but i still feel a, a little lacking on the specifics of like his origin yeah but let's say you had never heard of angel before Right. Yeah. You would feel the same way because they don't dive deep into him in this. So this is just with superhero comics. You kind of have to just accept that because these characters exist in a huge world. Right. So you kind of either have you know who they are going into it or you don't like Deathlock. Did you know anything about Deathlock before this? No. Because even being a Marvel fan, I knew the character existed. But when this came out, I didn't read anything with Deathlock in it. Yeah, I recognize the character design, right. and I, I kind of name. vaguely remembered that he was like a cyborg, but was trying to like spread himself or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, so Phantom X, uh, something is wrong with the world, which is his like device, his like supercomputer floating lab thing. Would you describe it as? No, that's Ava. Okay, the, the world is literally. Oh a yeah, world. it's introduced in <laughs> yeah. in this issue though, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like this little dome thing that he carries around. Yeah, he can shrink it down to carry an entire world with him, which go. it's more of that Rick Remender, like hard sci-fi weirdness. Yeah, that's true. Um, So something calling itself Weapon Infinity mm-hmm. has started like messing with time. I don't know this. I'm very murky on this part of the comic. At first, yes. As it goes on, I think they do a good job at explaining it more, whether it's an info dumps or just fleshing it out through dialogue. Right. And just through context, basically what I'm left with is that the world is a MacGuffin and these creatures from an alternate future, um, which are like different versions of Deathlock cyborgs, are coming back through time or through a multidimensional rift or something. So yeah, Deathlocks are weapon infinity, and they're traveling in time to ensure a future where super beings and superheroes are converted into Deathlocks. Exactly. Yeah. And so... we run into a bunch of them. Yeah, and they're here to claim the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it was really cool, too, like 
obviously x-men is kind of like its own separate thing but like when they do cross over with other like properties like captain mm-hmm. america or spider-man i'm always like oh yeah that's right they're marvel yeah, yeah. and it, wolverine even funny. makes a joke about like i'm on the avengers <laughs> i know He's I cutting into thing. my avengers which is yeah. funny because like they wolverine at this time was on like 10 different i know titles. i was like they're literally poking fun about him being in too many books which I, 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 that was I also have to say like we're gonna talk about art and stuff but i really like the depiction of wolverine by the artist he was more of a runt yeah like a handsome guy exactly he's not like the dashing male like like celebrity yeah he's a little like short stocky dude i mean that's what a wolverine looks like it makes more sense he's got like these big like mutton chops too and i personally love the really dumb version of wolverine that shows up in the garth and his punisher comics that like our friend Adam hates where he's like yeah. the good old knucklehead. <laughs> Love that. LOL. Uh, and that kind of like, obviously he's not like joking. He's like more serious, but I yeah. just like that. Like he shouldn't look like angel. He's not like a p- right. purebred wasp type guy. Yeah. He's like a little barroom brawler. I did love the shot where um, uh, he was getting claws into his face, which I guess was later on in the issue. Yeah, we're, maybe we're jumping around. Right yeah, we don't have to go in order. But yeah, no, but that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, like Jimmy was referring to. So these Deathlock cyborgs are basically like the reanimated corpses of Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that have been killed. Well, by and Deathlock. we and we see X Force coming after him too. Yeah, yeah. So it's we find out later that it's all heroes, but initially. Phantom X is attacked by uh, the Captain America, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the new Avengers at the time. Yeah. Electra. Yeah. And uh, he's sort of like doing his best to just like evade them and not get killed. And so it's like a kind of a cool fight scene, like throughout like Ava. He's on the run. <laughs> he's taking damage, which is realistic to me. He's not just like facing them down and stuff. His goal is to protect this world item. So he's just like, that's like his concern. He's basically running. Uh, At one point, I forget who catches up with him. I think it's the Captain America one. Gets his hands on on the world. Phantom X has to go Mm -hmm. after him. There's a fight. He ends up uh, killing Cap. Um, Well, also, Captain America kind of breaks through. And that's where you get kind of an info dump where he's trying to actually yeah, yeah. help them. And right. then he kills himself. I, I should say, yeah, he didn't kill Captain America. He like disabled him. And he then killed the, Spider-Man, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. The yeah. real cap came through. He did. He, well, it's because the Spider-Man killed Phantom X's mother, mother. figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, that stuff, I feel like it would have hit harder if I knew anything about but it. But I think you know enough where like, I that's know he's upset. Yeah. 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 He's um, calling her mother, but I'm like, that's probably not really his mother. There's some right. cool stuff in here too that does follow the apocalypse solution. Like Deadpool's dealing with yep. PTSD yeah. and Wolverine's like, you signed up for this. And they're arguing like, I never killed a kid before. And they get right. more into Deadpool. Like you almost see deadpool growing as a character and mm. being not comic relief which he's funny in here there's some masturbation jokes <laughs> which are always classy and yeah. you also see betsy using the danger room as a form of therapy yeah like she's, she's really talking cool. with her brother captain Britain, and like she walks out and angel's like how come you were talking to yourself in the danger room and i was like all right that's pretty <laughs> funny like, yeah. you could have just said like danger room and show to disappear but I, whatever i thought that was very cool like they're all dealing with what happened right yeah that's to me, that's what this um, arc does the best. Yeah. Uh, it shows the ramifications of what happened in the prior arc. Mm-hmm. Um, comics don't generally do that. Usually no. at the end of an arc, a new creative team takes over or just like the editorial team pushes it into a new direction. Um, so they feel. I don't want to say like they're like episodic. 
but not issue to issue like right. non-comic book readers assume right people who don't read comics think that every issue is a standalone story that's not how comics work for the most part uh however there's these chunks of story that when they're done they usually completely move past them certainly like team members may stay the same you know overarching plot things might stay the same but to see a team like jeff said dwell on the ramifications of like killing a child Mm -hmm. uh was really well done i thought it was handled well and i also like that they're all dealing with it in different ways yep like wolverine says he feels no remorse no guilt it's something that had to be done it's the purpose of x-force uh deadpool unexpectedly don't know if i buy his reaction being as strong as it was um i'd be more inclined to think that a character who was not formerly a mercenary would have more Mm -hmm. qualms about this however i will say um one of the things that they mention which is a a little stereotypical but also shed some light on deadpool as a character and like his motivations is when is it phantom x i forget who wolverine's like he basically says what i'm saying which is like you're a mercenary you're a mercenary yeah he says it to deadpool why do we even have you on this team let alone why should we believe that you feel any guilt or remorse yeah he just does everything for money yeah and then i think it's phantom x is like he's never cashed a paycheck or is it warren warren yeah Yeah, makes sense he's rich yeah so uh yeah i mean it's like rich okay maybe Mm -hmm. he's like trying to redeem himself by being a part of this quote-unquote hero team also, it kind of sucks if you're Deadpool and you join basically like what you think is like the X-Men. Yeah. And they're like, oh, by the way, we want you to kill too. It's like, yeah. bro, like I was trying to be a good guy right. for once. It's well, I mean, really... he doesn't care about killing. He kills father. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he just didn't want to kill a kid. Right. That's what I mean. Like killing that violates his moral code. Right. It's funny. Deadpool's arc has always been like wanting to be good enough to be in the X-Men. And like he just never is. So it's kind of like an offshoot and... I don't know. I think he's trying to prove himself, especially in this issue and towards the end of uh, the arc, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, we should say spoiler alert. I don't think we mentioned that, but yeah, we're gonna, people know. Yeah, yeah we're going to be spoiling uh, this. So um, they capture Captain America. As Jeff said, he, he info dumps like, hey, in the future, Deathlock takes over. Uh, sort of. There's an inference that humanity no longer respects superheroes or like feels that they could do better without superheroes Mm. so deathlock assumes the superheroes and becomes like a global sort of seems like a police state to me yeah yeah absolutely Um, and uh cap takes one of phantom x's or one of deadpool's guns and shoots himself in the head yep dark yes um very dark and at this point they i forget if they have the world at this point i think they do because i think the Deathlock cap had it. Yep. Yeah, that's when they that's expand right. it and go into the world. Yeah. And there's there's a funny scene when um they're fighting the Deathlock uh X-Force team and Angel is flying Psylocke and she throws a sword through one of their heads hmm. and then she's like we, we have to go, go get back my sword. sword and he's like you don't have other swords and she's like yeah but i want that one that's just funny whenever people yeah. like characters in media like throw swords or knives they, <laughs> they never go back it. and get them. Yeah. yeah. I remember like gone. hearing an interview with Jeremy Renner where he was like filming one of the Avengers movies and he's like, yeah, but wouldn't I run out of arrows, arrows. at some point? And they're like, just, just don't worry about it. There's, there's always arrows. <laughs> um, it's also that thing of like, I used to love like old cop movies from the seventies where a dude would be carrying like a six shooter and, and they shoot fire 45 like 30 times. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I like that part too. I mean, this is the type of like, 
when you can inject real world humor into like an well, otherworldly well, sci-fi it, it thing. Keeps Rick action good scenes at that. interesting because a lot of times in comics, if you're watching an action scene, your eyes can just float over it and not really take it in. Right. And then when you have when sometimes you have words and people are like, go over here, go over there. Let's get this guy. And it yeah. gets kind of boring. But when you have quick little quips like that, it keeps you engaged. So we should say that the reason why Phantom X is able to escape from the original confrontation with the Deathlock Avengers is this weird, like alternate Deathlock shows up, which yeah. this is the design of a Deathlock that I'm more familiar with. Like, it's, historically. it's the Deathlock Prime. Yeah. So right? it's the original. So he's basically like saying, hey, um, I like sort of grew a conscience. Like yeah. I started like I have morals now questioning things. And when I discovered morality, I decided to choose morality. And that like basically broke him free of his programming. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting concept. It's that whole like, I think therefore I am type thing. That's true. Um, And so, yeah. So with his help, they have decided that the only way to stop the future, which he says is not possible, but. Psylocke was like, well, we're going to do it anyways, which I liked because it's like, it's comic books. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they're like, well, the future is inevitable. And she's like, well, we're going to do it anyways. Um, so they go, they expand the world. They go inside of it. It's weird. It's trippy. It's yeah, like, because cool. apparently father is inside the world. Yeah. Who right. I guess is sort of like the overarching like controller of the Deathlock mm-hmm. virus or whatever they're calling themselves, the Deathlock directive. Uh, so he's inside the world. Which is probably a reason why the Deathlock want the world, since their like leader is <laughs> in be, there. Could be. Um, the what did you guys think of the design of the world? I mean, this is a good place to talk about. I art. thought it was awesome. It was like yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's cool. Just it reminded me a combination of like Deadpool calls out MC Escher, and there's a yeah, lot yeah. of that like endless staircase stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also reminded me like Jeff called out the Doctor Strange stuff. Um. Some of the stuff that we see Star Trek into darkness. Yeah. Some mm. of the stuff in Ant-Man uh, where he's like in the, uh, the miniature universe. I forget what they call that. The quantum realm. The quantum realm is sort of like that, like big colorful, like blobby shapes and stuff. We're like nerds. That. Yeah. I hate that. I just pulled Dorks. that out of my ass. Yeah. Dorks. yeah. But yeah, I thought the design work on this is really cool. I already talked about the design, the character design of uh Wolverine. Um, there's some interesting things with color in this comic. Um, Deadpool and Psylocke, which are normally like very bright characters, are like super muted. Yeah, I guess they all have like the gray, black. But even like facial expressions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I I don't know. It's this is a very moody series is what I've gotten from these first two trades. Mm. Um, There's a lot done with like introspective moments in these characters. It feels like there's two vibes of these comics. There's like full blown action. And then there's like we're very unhappy <laughs> that's very and we're true. like talking about yeah. how unhappy we are and i stuff. like that uh, yeah. i think it's great yeah it's yeah. cool it's nice to have those introspective moments especially in like a mainstream superhero comic you know it's like emo x-men that's what this kind of feels <laughs> yeah, like kind of is um so basically like they split up as you do when you're in a new crazy scary <laughs> world yeah into like sub teams um with the guys of like oh we can cover more ground if we're split up and we're gonna go find the father and we're gonna kill him and it's gonna stop Deathlock. let's split up gang yeah so they do that uh psylocke and angel uh have that confrontation that jeff mentioned where they're basically being chased by Deathlock versions of themselves mm-hmm. that's kind of like where this whole thing comes down to right like yeah and then as soon as father's dead that they just disappear yeah one thing i did want to talk about before that happens is one of the initial like subgroups is um 
uh, Phantom X and Deadpool, and they have this. It, it was it, was Wolverine with them initially. I forget, but there's an interesting confrontation between Phantom X and Deadpool where they sort of get to the heart of like who Deadpool is. Uh, which is that Phantom X like thinks he has them all figured out. Mm. He's like, you want everyone to think you're a reverend right, yeah. and you don't care and everything you're like right, that. Yep. But you're trying so hard to make us think that, that obviously it's protecting something. And Deadpool's like, no, nah, I really don't care. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well then I don't want to be around you. And he yeah. just like leaves. They just split up. Yeah. And, uh, and then like, as Jeff alluded to Deadpool on his own finds father who seemingly like he like manipulates him yeah mind controls yeah. Him. he seems like he almost like gives off this aura it seemed passive if to that's me. what it seemed like his like mutant power was yes. or something yeah but it also didn't seem like mind control because kind of like of... that episode of misfits where uh what's his name wanted to be a father that's what it kind oh, of reminded right. me of yeah it felt like um it wasn't it was passive meaning like he wasn't they weren't showing mind control like when right. psylocke mind right. controls people they see her focusing. They see this like halo around the person's right. head, stuff like that. And even like Xavier, you could tell when he's mind controlling people. This felt like if you get within a certain distance of, of him mm-hmm. um, or if he's like focusing on you, he can just like coerce you into having these paternal feelings. Yeah. And uh, Deadpool is a bad person to be in that position because he seems <laughs> to be seeking a lot of attention and yeah. love and positive reinforcement. And that's how father controls people. Mm-hmm. He's basically like, oh, you're great. You're the yeah, greatest. you're my favorite son. Yeah, and like, oh, if you do this, we're gonna, it's everything's gonna be great and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, at the last minute, like Deadpool snaps out of it because he's like, wait, nobody loves me like that. Yeah. Like nobody's excited to be around <laughs> me. And so he basically he beheads him, I believe. Yep. yep. And uh, I thought it was great. He was like, oh, you you've become less of a father figure and more of a creepy uncle. And I thought that was really good. That's when he slices his head off. Yeah, and the death lock. I forget it. Do they disappear? They disappear. Yeah, yeah. so it's just like... You don't even see it. They're just like, they're gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It happens off camera, which was like kind of interesting those types of things are always hard to show in comics right you can have them sort of like it's like in pixelated war or yeah. whatever you can't really show like a, a dis- dissolving yeah. effect right. um so yeah i thought that was interesting and then we sort of get the like the wind down the denouement of the comic which is them like back in phantom x's base i forget what it's called again ava ava and they're like you know they're like chillaxing yeah. Acting all cool. Yeah, I mean, we're introduced to Ultimaton Weapon 15, who's just like this giant robot thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not very familiar. Yeah, I didn't And then, you know, a- as the comic closes, you see that Ultimaton is in the world, is guarding in Sabin Nur, age 847. Right. We saw that Phantom so X. growing apocalypse again. Again. Not they, though. Like, Phantom X knows what he's doing. He, he tells that big robot thing, like, don't leave right room like Mm -hmm. protected at all costs and they're like definitely like wanting you to be like what's in there right because like the death lock are like trying to like smash a hole through the door it's a whole Mm -hmm. thing and then the reveal is that phantom x is at least involved somewhat in like a baby clone of ensabonur Yes. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, I don't know enough about Phantom X to understand the motivation, but it was pretty shocking. It's intriguing. Maybe yeah. you need to get rid of it. I mean, he's the one who killed Apocalypse in the uh, in the first arc, and it, it's also interesting too. In the beginning of this uh, arc, everybody is like distancing themselves from Phantom X because he did kill them. Yeah, yeah. And um, everybody is sort of like not okay with that decision. They're all kind of like iffy and like the moral like 
ambiguity of it all and i thought it was interesting because like it's just a member of the team that they're kind of like ostracizing but they have to like get back into it with him and it's showing rifts in the dynamic between all the different uh members yeah i also think it was like a smart decision from a writer perspective to not include phantom x in those early like discussions because obviously he's got some crazy motivations yeah and uh they didn't want to have to like have him blatantly lie or recant or anything like that so right uh smart decision to leave him out of that and then do the reveal at the end yep um yeah i mean it was a pretty short series yeah so that's my only final push really because i mean this is the second arc you've read you've read seven issues total you have two full arcs completed. <laughs> like what I love about this is how everything is just so short and to the point. This easily could have been stretched out into six or seven issues right. and been boring, right. but it's not. And I think it's smart that they keep everything concise because a lot of com- comics, they, they want to sell them every month. They want your $4, right? So if you stretch out a story, like, Oh, I read three of these issues. I might as well finish it. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Each um, arc feels a lot like, uh, like a, x-men cartoon or whatever yeah so each arc is its own story but they're building like they still have this ongoing apocalypse theme they're building the team with deathlock there's more members Mm. coming that are very cool um the art like you've seen multiple artists now um it's the same style of art it's consistently good i've been saying that this whole time um you know the, the series ends it has an end point I don't know. I mean, do you have final thoughts or you want me to ask you the question? I I have some final thoughts and I have a question. Okay. Uh, How? I know you said it's self-contained. It has an end. When does it end? Like 30 30 something issues, right? Okay. And we've read like eight or seven. Seven. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. Overall thoughts. um, We're like a quarter of the way through of the series, basically. Yeah. I, I think really like my overall thoughts are there's things that the series succeeds and there's definitely downsides. I, I think um, what I like about it is what I already referenced, which is that we see a lot of introspection from the characters. We delve deeply into mm-hmm. their psyche and the ramifications of their actions in a way that I don't think most X-Men comics and do. And that keeps building like that just escalates and escalates until it gets to boiling points. Yeah. I've never been a huge reader of X-Men comics, but what I have read seems to dwell primarily on just like the existence of mutants and their place in the world. Mm-hmm. And right. certainly there are intergroup conflicts and things like that. Yeah. But a lot of it is such a big idea that, you don't get a lot of like the small dramas, which, which you is do what I here, like with the, this. the team here, even though there's like one or two more members that come on throughout the series, but it's still tight. Right. Like they don't just throw, here's five new members. The right. whole roster's changed. Well, I, and I like um, another thing that I think this succeeds at is this entire plot was sort of self-serving. And I mean that in a good way, meaning like the, the problem and the villain was like created in and of this series yes a lot of x-men stuff is the world against the Mm x-men this was like oh no someone wants to steal my thing this world thing right so i like that feels small feels contained uh a reason why i never got into x-men is because it's so vast it is and that's why i think this is a great jumping in point yeah now on the downside i still don't feel like i'm getting enough context like I I get more of Phantom X. I wish they would give me even more. Well, I wish they more. would give me more 
in the first arc, we got some stuff between Psylocke and Angel about what it's like to feel controlled by Apocalypse. And, oh, that comes back. And how he's trying to come back. Like a train. Yeah, because this, I mean, it's only been three issues basically for this arc, but it, that pretty much fell by the wayside. Oh, it's um, like the whole point of this entire series. So, yeah, I guess like. Just ask the question. <laughs> After two attempts, Dan. <laughs> Will I need a third attempt to talk you into Uncanny X-Force? No. So I don't need an attempt. So right. I don't know why you asked that question. I don't know why I did that. So you're yes. I didn't say that. Ask the question. Did I talk you into Uncanny X-Force? Yes. Oh, yay. It's it. a very soft yes. Uh, okay. I mean. So here's the thing. I wasn't blown away by this arc. They kind of did the one thing that I needed them to, which was to give me some more backstory. Yeah, there's more backstory. And like, it's just crazy sci-fi stuff going forward. It's awesome. Am I like super stoked to read the next Uncanny X-Force? Not really. But the thing is, they're so small. You can literally just download it from your library and like read it in And that's what I was going to say is literally like the main reason why I'm a yes on this is because it's like all available on Hoopla. (laughs) Yeah, it's super, super duper easy. This is a great like, sorry to be gross, guys, but this is a great bathroom read. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you pull it up on your phone on Hoopla, you skim through it. Cool, I'll pick it up later. It's, yeah, that's it's funny. It's it's good. Um, if they didn't have some of the deep dive character stuff in this, and this was just like a Rock'em Sock'em fight comic, <laughs> I probably would not be interested. Yeah, because that stuff can get boring, even with cool sci-fi that's ideas. True, yeah. Right, like if you ask me to name like what happened in the wolverine versus lady deathstrike fight i'm like they cut each other up yeah i don't remember yeah. any specifics but i, I still like the face. issue it was a fine read yeah but yeah. there's like moments of dialogue and stuff like when they're all sitting around talking about deadpool's issues with killing apocalypse like that's the stuff that's memorable uh i guess i'm at the age where i want my superhero stuff to be mostly people talking yeah which is a weird place to be but I mean, I think that's what's done well. I jokingly said that the best episode of Captain America and Bucky, whatever the name of the show is, was the episode where they build a boat. And I was like, that's when I know I'm old now. Yeah, I mean, builders. I think some of Marvel's most successful films have been like a little more on the talky side and a little bit more about like, uh, my friend is bad and I miss him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stuff like that. That's so, yeah, uh, I will check out more on Candy X-Force in the future. Cool. Yeah, me Very too. cool. And this, you know what else, guys? What else? Yeah. There's some other things that I'm checking out <gasps> that we've talked ourselves into. I like that segue. Jeff. Yeah. What are we doing on the next episode? Next episode for the third time. We're catching up. Yeah, We boy. are revisiting like previous like episodes <laughs> to discuss things that we're still talked into that we're not talked into yeah talking into is talking into we do these episodes periodically because people sometimes want to know like this is for the you said you were talked into it but do you really still watch that there might be somebody that's like i like uncanny x-force and they type in uncanny x-force and they find our podcast and they listen to us the next episode is not for you but it could be if you listen to more talk me into the next episode is for those tmi heads out there Optimize. Yeah, so if you're curious if we're still doing talking ourselves into stuff, still watching the things, reading the things, listening to the things, check out Catching Up number three next week. In the meantime, Jimmy, oh. I went to you last time, so I'm going to ask Jeff, where can people find oh, the podcast? People can find us on TalkMeIntoo.com. They can find us on all of your podcast places, Apple Podcasts, and Patreon. 
I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm saying Spotify and okay. Stitcher and all that. And you can find us on Patreon.com slash talk me into. Got a lot of fun stuff. Brand new shows up there. Uh, weekly month, weekly content, monthly episodes, videos, stuff. And you can find us on YouTube where some of that video stuff, but not all of it, will become available later. Later dates than originally. Later posted. dates, bro. You can find us on social media, mostly on Twitter at TalkMeInto and Instagram at TalkMeIntoPod. Jimmy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Son of a Fitch. S O N N A V A F I T C H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Post some more YouTube content on there. So give it a check out. Check a look. Check a look. That's actually a joke. Uh, Dan, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter uh, at Danny underscore breakdown. It's super duper fun. Not really. Mostly all I do is retweet. (laughs) Is that it? Nope. Jeff, people can find me on Instagram at MagicallyClippening or on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs. The number 27. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? It better be us. <laughs> I don't know why, but I wanted to say, go, go, Power Rangers. We're not doing a Power Rangers what? episode. That's not even fun. No. I hate when you, do, when you riff and it's just that. Like, I wasn't riffing. Up. It's just I'm telling you what came up in my head. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers. Don't tell us ever again. <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I want to take away the good idea that you one issue of the boys that they had a numbering problem do you remember this yes issue 67 came out and it said issue 66 on it so i was like hmm i have doubles one must be a variant cover i'll sell it oh no and then i went to like reorganize them here and i don't have it and of course it costs a lot of money because it was a weird misprint how much does it cost like twenty dollars and how much did you sell it for three dollars i sold it in a long box for probably like the total was probably like sixty dollars. <laughs> You're dumb. That's funny. That sucks. We do it uncanny. Yeah. All right. Let me start this one. You cool. stopped the track. Did you stop the track? I stopped the track. Uh, it's better this way when I'm actually recording it. You want me to go first? Sure. See. See, you lost a lover and you lost a friend, <laughs> but you gained a lover. And see, I gained a few lovers, but I gained no friends. Booey math. <laughs> he like confuses himself. It's so good. The video is so good. I want to watch that again. Hello, hello. All right, who's bringing us into this? Do you want me to? <clears throat> sure. What's well, your topic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Jimmy, kind of. Oh, but true. Yeah. All right. Seriously, you can breeze through this as fast as you want. Yeah, yeah. Let me just pull this up real quick. That Dan saying that he has his heart out. It's too far. No, no. I just don't think we need to repeat everything. Are you recording? Yes, I am.